Welcome to the Chiropractic United podcast series for March 20th, 2012. This podcast is brought to you by CVP Seminars. For more information on chiropractic biophysics technique, please browse to idealspine.com. Also brought to you by Dr. Fred DiDomenico of Elite Coaching. To see how Dr. Fred can help build your practice, go to elitecoachingllc.com. And finally, by the makers of the Posture Screen mobile app and Posture X-ray digitizing EMR system, PostureCo. So for more information on PostureCo products, please go to PostureCo, that's PostureCo.com. All right, let's get started. Hey, welcome everybody out in podcast land. This is a Chiropractic United podcast, March 20th, 2012. Here we are on Tuesday night. Once again, Chiropractic United is online video training and uh, podcast bringing the latest research, technique, philosophy, principle, politics, and current events through the profession to keep you guys connected, activated, getting fired up about subluxation-based chiropractic. So there's myself, Dr. Fred DiDomenico of Elite Coaching, Joe Ferrantelli at Dr. Joe Ferrantelli at Posture Co., and our absent other founder, Dr. Deed Harrison of CBP. And tonight we have an awesome guest, Dr. Dan Yachter. Welcome, Dan. Welcome, Thanks, Dan. For, ha- Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man, you have been a tremendous leader for years. Uh, we'll let you tell your story, but you're one of the biggest practitioners, especially corrective care based, you know, and that's one thing that I've always respected about you, Dan, is there's, number one, you got one of the biggest practices in the history of the profession. There's maybe a handful of people at best that have done what you've done, but to do that on corrective, you know, actually using corrective care, taking pre and post x-rays, putting people through what it takes to get better, truly admirable, man. So let's just start from the beginning. So our people know, uh, lots of people know who you are, but where'd you go to school? Where'd you find your philosophy? And why don't we start there? Well, graduated from Life University, and again, thanks so much for having me on. I love, of course, just like you guys, uh, you know, sharing um, our passion and, and our vision for uh, chiropractic for our communities. I just uh, I love talking it down, man. So it's great to be with you guys. Um, so you know, I graduated in uh, in the spring of 1987 from Life University, and my path was a, was an interesting one. Uh, I was a, a student at the University of Florida, and uh, I was going for a science degree, actually pre-med. And uh, something interesting happened. Uh, it goes, uh, actually, the story goes back and kind of a little bit of history here. Uh, my father um, is 71 years of age right now. But uh, <clears throat> growing up for me, I saw a lot of sickness and disease and illness in my own family. I never really remember seeing one healthy person in my own family. But it was really uh, what happened with my father that inspired me. My 71 years of age today, but when he was seven years of age, he was playing in a lake in a summer camp, um, summer of 1948, and while he was playing in this lake, he spotted a slide that other children were going down, and he wanted to go down the slide as well, and as he recalls, and as he tells the story, he went over to the slide, crawled to the top of the slide, and of course, when kids want to have fun going down a slide, they usually go head first, and unfortunately, that's what my father chose to do that day, Um, didn't know that a homeowner living on the lake had just finished remodeling their home and decided the lake would be a perfect dump for all the remodeled contents of their house. Oh. One item one item being a cast iron bathtub. Uh-huh. Cast iron bathtub fell beside the slide. The kids were horse playing around the slide, spotted this bathtub, thought it would be a brilliant idea. As, as we know, kids don't usually think, young kids don't think of consequences typically. They pushed it directly underneath 
they sunk the bathtub directly underneath the slide. And my father was the next one to come down, had no idea what the surprise waiting for his skull, came straight down and his body, mainly his skull, turned into the human battering ram. So came down and direct hit, direct strike on his head, right into the cast iron bathtub, knocked out immediately, sunk to the bottom of the lake, massive head trauma, cranial trauma. Imagine what he did to his spine, his atlas, upper cervical area. But of course, nobody would check it at that point in time. But he ended up, uh, you know, clearly, uh, you know, knocked out colds. Thankfully, a lifeguard spotted him, saved his life before he drowned. And uh, but it's, you know, massive head trauma, uh, concussions, everything you can imagine with a trauma that size. Went to the hospital. The medics were amazed. They told my grandparents it was a miracle that he was still alive. But he ended up laying there for quite a while until he was able to regain full consciousness. After that, went home. Within a couple of days, as the seven-year-old boy began developing excruciatingly painful migraine headaches, uh, and as uh, as any of us know, I mean, in practice, clinically, I mean, we typically, I mean, although it happens, we typically don't see seven-year-old kids walking through the door with adult-sized migraine headaches. Typically not. I mean, it happens, but I mean, these were like just vicious headaches that he was getting, and uh, no doctors could give him answers. Any of the doctors who checked him out, I mean, nobody really knew what was going on, and uh, it pretty much told me he was going to have to live with it. So my father spent the next 40 years of his life and just living out agonizing, terrorizing pain that he had every single day. You know, he got these headaches. The headaches were, they were, they were crushing. Um, they would, you know, he'd walk around the house with a typical, you know, the, the uh, kind of the universal sign of someone having a headache just rubbing their temples, um, excruciating pain, um, you know, just anything you can imagine that goes along with a migraine headaches where couldn't stand light, had to be in a dark, quiet room, no noise, no light, non-functional, pretty much disabled. I mean, it pretty much destroyed his entire existence, his life, and he got them all the time. And, uh, you know, when growing up, growing up as a child, I remember watching my father, after a while, he ran out of room in his medicine cabinet for drugs, oh, for the headaches. And so he started using our kitchen cabinets. So, you know, in my kitchen, it wasn't unusual to open up cabinets and seeing, see them lined with, uh, with drugs. And, and, of course, as we all know, after years and years and years of taking all these painkillers, my father took a ton of them. He used to sometimes eat bottles of aspirin at a time. Of course, you know, the aspirin ended up destroying his kidneys, um, damaged his liver, um, and, and, you know, obviously affected his stomach and all the other things that, you know, these painkillers do. My father, because his kidneys were, you know, pretty much getting destroyed, he started getting, uh, passing kidney stones, um, excruciating pain. And eventually the medications uh, knocked out his thyroid. Doctors said, your thyroid's gone. We're going to put you on Synthroid for the rest of your life. And, of course, then the medications and everything else, it all mounted up and started affecting him uh, psychologically. Um, you know, my dad, when I was growing up as a kid, was a, just like a hurricane, like a tornado with his his moods. His, he was, you know, you didn't know if he was going to be moody, irritability, ang- irritable, angry, depressed. You didn't know where he was going to be because of all these health issues that were mounting, you know, originating from this trauma, this head trauma. And uh, this kept going on and on. And no doctors you know, could really give him answers. No, really, nobody really could figure it out. It was just this cascade of uh, just misery. And in, in, I guess it was approximately 1990, my brother David, as uh, you guys, Fred knows well, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Joe, you just had recently yep. had a chance to meet my brother yep. and, uh, at, uh, at Parker there. My brother David was a student at the University of Florida, <clears throat> and uh, he was driving down University 
Boulevard, you know, the major artery there, and this uh, elderly man decided to crash into my brother, and it was a very severe car accident, severe damage. My brother woke up the next day, was uh, uh, very badly damaged, and uh, and and I, from what I know, there was recommendations of surgery and painkillers, and it was just, uh, it didn't look good for my brother. I mean, he's having tremendous spinal, spinal pain, and uh, I mean, his whole body was covered with pain, particularly his spine, and. Um, it turned out that his best friend had been helped by a chiropractor. And he said, you know what? You should go on the road and see my chiropractor. This guy can help you. And in fact, this guy radically changed my life. And not knowing what that was, I did not grow up. Um, I know a lot of my friends, a lot of people I meet grow up in a chiropractic paradigm. They grow up in a, a chiropractic model. That's all I know. Um, you know, um, we didn't. We grew up in a medical model. There were a lot of medical doctors in my family. We were completely science, you know, medically based, um, whatever that really means. But, you know, drugs and surgery were our choice. And we didn't know anything about chiropractic ever. Never even heard that word growing up. And so my brother had no concept or clue what his friend was telling him. But out of trust and out of faith in his friend and out of desperation for an answer, um, he decided to go to the chiropractor. And he made a big, big leap of faith, feeling very uncomfortable, awkward. He went to the chiropractor. And uh, after three weeks of getting adjusted, this, uh, you know, this guy taking care of my brother. My brother had full health and function restored to his body. He never needed drug surgery, any of the nonsense that the medical community told him that he was going to have to go through. So, long story short, my brother went back to the chiropractor, asked a lot of questions, got really excited about what had happened, and over time he decided that he wanted to become a chiropractor. He went off to Life University in, I forgot where, what it was, 88, 89, 1993 graduate of Life University. But three months into school, Around Christmas vacation 1990, shortly after he had started, he finished his prereqs and started entered into the main program, the chiropractic program. He drove home on break from Atlanta down to South Florida, walked into the house, went looking for my father. Um, I believe he found my father having one of his vicious migraine attacks and simply stated, Dad, I think what I'm learning in school is going to be able to help you. My dad had been suffering for 40 years at that point in time, had really lost hope, um, and seen pretty much all these, you know, all the specialists. We had medical doctors in our own family, and none really could provide answers, nor did I think they, they really tried very hard. And my brother had only been in school for three months. So my father, I don't, I, I, I'm sure he was quite skeptical and doubtful, but my brother assured him he knew, uh, he, he really understood or, or really believed that he could help. Um, my brother palpated his spine, identified it. A, a just gigantic atlas subluxation, postural distortions, upper cervical subluxation. My brother understood this um, because actually while he was taking prereqs, he was doing all of the, uh, the uh, uh, extracurricular activities. He was going to clubs. So by the time he got into, into the main program, he already had spent like a year and a half getting his hands ready. And it just turned out that he had this opportunity at my father, and he was able to locate um, you know, didn't have x-rays, didn't have all the amazing analysis we have today, but with what he had to work with, um, he identified this just, uh, you know, ridiculously obvious, you know, subluxation in his neck. He adjusted it. Um, not saying it was as specific as it could have been. Um, my father had no pain in his neck, not for 40 years. My father didn't really understand the process because there's nothing really that my dad was aware of. My brother simply first asked the question before he went to address my dad, what happened to your neck? There's a bone that's, you know, massively biomechanically out of position. I could feel it without the x-rays. Um, it would require a massive impact to drive a bone this far biomechanically out of alignment. You have to know what this is. You know, my father could not recall 
My brother pressed in and asked my father to think deeply about it. Finally, after a few minutes of thinking, it was like this gigantic light bulb went off in my father's head. Um, and he's like, man, I got it. You know, uh, you know, it's coming back to me now that I'm thinking about it. And it's kind of the same way when we do exams, certainly through Fred's training, mm-hmm. when you really get down to it, you dig down. At first, people can't really recall and connect the dots regarding traumas and, and, and when things happen in their lives. But um, my brother pressed in and had my dad think it through. And um, while he was thinking through, a light bulb shot off in his head. He said, you know what? I got it. Ever since I hit that bathtub, that bone's been like that. And uh, my brother pressed in and continued to ask some questions. And he said, you know what else? Ever since I hit that bathtub and that bone's been like that, I started getting these headaches. And literally, there was like a cascade of memories that were released from his brain as my brother pressed in and asked him question, asked him question after question. And my father realized that his lifelong suffering had occurred because of that trauma. And although when my grandparents had brought my father to the doctor and knew that he had a trauma, none of the doctors made the connection, the fact that now he had these headaches and could it be something in his cervical spine, his upper cervical spine. And there was never that connection that I made. So my father never made that connection. And until that point, was there really a, a, a meaningful understanding? And my brother, without much hesitation, said, Dad, sit still, I'm going to go ahead and make a chiropractic adjustment. While my brother was home... These well, don't even make that connection today. No, no, of course they don't. They don't. And so my brother made the connection for my dad. <laughs> and uh, my brother made that adjustment on the atlas... While he was on break, made a series of adjustments, and then he went back to school. About six months went by, and my father called my brother on the phone and says, David, I just wanted to let you know that since you started adjusting me, I've not had one of those headaches. 21 years later, today, my father has not had one of those crippling migraine headaches. He's off all the main, you know, meds, the painkillers. His kidneys and liver finally cleared up. No longer passes kidney stones off of the synthroid for his thyroid that the doctors declared dead, non-functional. After 34 years... Um, no longer has any of the problems. He's back to his normal military weight of 50 years ago. He's lean and healthy at the age of 71. My father does 250 push-ups per day. Couldn't do that when he was 31. He's no longer irritable, angry, mean, moody. I mean, all this stuff. His entire quality of life went through the roof and absolutely And so that's really the, that was the impetus of clearly that was the reason why um, on the route, on the path of going pre-med and taking the MCATs and having my applications out to medical school, I realized that um, there was something I was missing. And my brother, um, thank God for him, he nurtured me and nourished me and loved me and taught me and led me and sent me green books when I was at the University of Florida and gave me literature. I didn't know he was necessarily knew or know or understand what I was reading. But I dove in because I really wanted to understand. And uh, today, I mean, it's you know that's what set me on my course. Um, got out of school, you know, you know, enrolled in chiropractic school. Got out of school. I started interning with the right doctor. Got a great foundation, and I took that passion that had exploded in me for helping sick people when my father was sick. And I just haven't looked back. And was just you know pressed in, and and just always had a gigantic heart to serve as many people that I could in terms of getting the message out and getting my hands on them. And uh, that's it. That's what I've been purpose wow. to do. I, t- I tell them every, you know, every night I do my doctor's report. I tell them very clearly. I say, you know what, um, you know, the two greatest days of my life, the first day, the day I was born, the second day, 
the day I found out why I was born. And it's to serve God by serving my brothers and sisters with the greatest healing vehicle that I know of, which is the power of a chiropractic adjustment to release the greatest healing innate force that exists in the universe that's inside of the human body. And when it can get to the body, through the body, through the nervous system, out to the body, can restore anything in anybody in any condition back to health, healing, and restoration, full life and vitality. And that's what we teach, and that's what I'm passionate about. Wow. Nice, man. Wow. Hey, you know what? Well, first of all, you can hear it coming through you. Second of all, talk about emotional hooks, man. Watching your dad. You know, and that's amazing because you get people, you know, we've all coached people before, and you get some people who think, you know, I got this old person. Can we really help them? You know, what can you do for old people? Hey, man, do they have life source in their body? Yeah. Then you can freaking help them heal. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, where is your faith? And I mean, that is amazing after all those years that your dad's organs cleared up. Like, you know, if that's not a, a divinely inspired purpose right there, and that's, you know, hey, you take that, man, and watch your dad go through all that. First of all, you give him adjustment, number one, you're probably glad he's done kicking your ass. Because <laughs> running around the house like, okay, now I don't have to get my ass beat anymore. And then the next thing is, man, what a freaking emotional hook on purpose yeah. and the body's ability to heal. Oh, yeah, and, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and it was really interesting that, you know, say, for example, his thyroid for 30, 40 years not working. I have his before blood work and I have his after blood work on his thyroid. And, I mean, his thyroid was, like, dead. I mean, the thing was not working, and now it's totally turned on. It freaked my mom a little bit when he threw the medicine away and threw it in the garbage, garbage after 34 years. My father was okay with it. My mom was, like, freaking out. And my dad's like, I'm healed. Now my body's working fine. Don't need it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the body has this unbelievable ability to regenerate itself, to be healthy. And, man, there's nothing better than having two parents, one 71, the other 70, Getting ready to turn 71, zero drugs, healthy. My dad has not missed an adjustment, goes every week for his wellness adjustment, has not missed one since that happened, since he got his first adjustments. He's not missed every Wednesday. He's at my brother's office in South Florida. Never misses. My parents live the chiropractic lifestyle, live the lifestyle, what we know, clear of interference, no drugs, healthy nerve system. And it's, it's man, it's exciting. I don't have to go visit my I don't have to go visit my, my, my parents in a nursing home drooling on themselves sitting in a diaper because of chiropractic's ability to remove the interference and give my parents their lives back, my father specifically. Wow. And I, I just sit back in, in awe and just realize how good you guys would really be if you went to Florida State instead. You know? Well, yeah, I want to know about that. I think but but that's you know that that's amazing and you know I think a lot of the people. Hey, if my brother never went to the University of Florida. He would never been hit. And he yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know the I think if more people were exposed to chiropractors in the the, the primary uh, vision and and actually explain had it had a, a personal impact like they have, they, we wouldn't have these people wanting to prescribe drugs in our, our profession and. You know, they would be excited to, to go out and serve people. I mean, I'm actually excited. I, I'm actually getting back into my practice for a few weeks during my transition here, and I'm excited to go back and see some patients, you know, and hearing these stories. I mean, uh, this is something I miss when you're not in full-time practice. You know, you don't get your hands on people a lot of times, and, uh, you know, it's awesome, and I'm glad that we're able to bring out this experience and be able to, to share it with everybody that's listening. Yeah, you know, it was powerful. I was doing a, a talk 
to about 80 insurance underwriters today over lunch. <laughs> and I'm just, just watching, you know, Fred and I were just talking about this earlier. We were talking on the phone and it's just watching people light up and asking the question, has anybody ever heard about this before? Raise your hands if you, if you, if you think this information is life-changing. Or raise your hands if you're glad that you're here today and you learned this. And everybody's like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, you can see the neurons firing off in their eyes. And they're like amazed. And I went back to my office and I'm like, holy smokes, man. Yeah. And I'm like, what gives us, gives us the right to know what we know and assume that people know about it? Or when we tell them they're going to shoot it down or reject us, right. they are hungry, man. They are crying out to know this truth. It is one of the, it's the greatest, you know, like BJ said, this great possession. I leave this sacred possession. I leave the sacred trust within your possession. And it's giving the community the understanding of what it is that we have, this incredible gift. This whole room lit up. Yep. And it transformed me again and got me back on purpose because nobody in that room understood what I understood. And they've never heard it. And if there was another chiropractor who spoke to them, they certainly didn't necessarily do an effective job because right. this is like a whole new planet. Like telling, hey, guess what? Did you hear on CNN today? There was a new planet that was discovered. Did you guys hear about that? No. Really? There was a new, yeah, it's called chiropractic. Yeah. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. Didn't know anything about it. You know, and I, I think it's something that you, you mentioned, you know, you get fired up when you you teach people on and get them on purpose to what we know and we, we take it for granted a lot of times when we're because you know we know what the power of correcting subluxations will do and I, I always talk to people too about you know what they, they don't want to go out they don't want to communicate to people they don't want to do a spinal care class or a wellness workshop and every time that you know I'm tired and when I was in practice and I would get out and talk to the community I come back so much more invigorated to see patients and it I think it's more for me teaching them about what chiropractic and subluxation can do to change their lives when they're corrected, then some, you know, it's, it, I just get pumped up and I know you guys do too, when you educate the public. Yeah. I mean, that's where it's at. I mean, that's the juice when you see people light up and it's really more than sometimes <laughs> the actual clinical uh, application. It's more than just the, the how it's yep. when you're actually teaching it, and you're sharing the truth and you're sharing the message and you're just getting the word out there, that can really jazz you up quite a bit. I mean, I get more out of teaching and educating and leading in that manner and many times than I do in the clinical component, although it's all great. I mean, everything you do is awesome. Yep. The, science, the science, art, and the philosophy, it's all great. You know, and that's what, we, that's what we have in CDP, in elite, in you know, the elevation concept that we have, that we're going to be building offices. That's what we pride ourselves on. It's just excellent in the science, art, and philosophy. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the timeline here. Uh, well, Dan, I mean, you built one of the biggest practices, man. Obviously, we know where the origin of uh, your passion comes <laughs> from. And then, uh, I mean, obviously, you just wanted to get out in the community, but you built one of the biggest practices over 2,000 a week, well over 2,000 a week. Uh, which is, you know, like there's been a handful of people in the history of the profession at best that have done that. So for all these people out there that, you know, have opinions on what building a practice is like, man, you know, let them see the spirit a little bit. You know, what, what did you do? Not, not just mechanics, but, I mean, you taught workshops, man. You just, there's some, sorry, I know I'm stumbling over myself. You know, you can feel your conviction and your passion through your tone. And that's really what builds massive practices. So, like, what's that? What's a, 
what are you feeling day by day? You know, as you go out there, man, is that something like you have a burning passion to just get that message out there to as many people as possible? And what's that feel like for those guys that are stuck in their own little cave? Well, I think, you know, going back, you know, fascinating thing happened to me and there's been several. And I think, I think like all of us, you know, right now, um, and people listening, but especially, I, you know, I would say, I, you know, speaking for the three of us, I'm sure we've had these times um, where, you know, I mean, it's, I remember Sid Williams calling it, it's kind of like the when the worm turns, mm-hmm. he used to tell those stories, and it's kind of like when something just clicks in you, and I think many of us have these times in practice where something just clicks, and as Dick Santo used to talk about, salting the knot, where, you know, we, I, we talked about this in, uh, in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, Fred, where Santo used to talk about how the, you know, the mariners, the ancient mariners and sailors in general used to salt down the knot until when they really wanted a knot to hold until the fibers would literally just meld and become one. And then, I mean, the knot was not, it looked like a knot, but it was really just one cord. It was really one rope. And I think there are times where that happens where there's a salting or again, the worm turning. And when we have these things happen to us, we go to the next level of conviction, of certainty, of passion, of focus, of intensity. And I remember going back, and I, I had the, I consider the privilege of coming out and interning with Dr. Ben Lerner, and then later on got an opportunity to coach through ML, maximize living, and now I've moved on, but definitely a blessing in terms of a lot of the experience I got, particularly when I was interning. And I remember coming out of that and running one of his offices in St. Cloud and doing my first community dinner. And I think it's kind of like the be, do, have model. It's kind of based on that where, yes, I did see my dad, that happened with my father, created a lot of passion, but there still was a lot of growing. There was still a lot of progressing. There was still a lot of processing for me to to go through. And I remember the first time you know, I started really implementing marketing, you know, getting out there and doing talks, doing a dinner, a patient dinner, something as simple as that. I remember not wanting to do it, being shy and reserved and being scared, fearful of, of just doing something outside of the adjusting rooms. And I remember showing up to this restaurant in St. Cloud, which is Cowboy Town. And I know Joe's familiar. I, at least he's probably passed through that place, that godforsaken place, once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, little Cowtown. I remember showing up at this restaurant, and you know, like seven or eight families were sitting there that I had invited to this, this community dinner. And just another way of you – know, so, so the, the idea of the community dinner was sitting these people down a community, you know, a patient appreciation dinner, appreciating them, thanking them for the referrals, thanking them for following through their, their neurological correction, their spinal corrective uh, programs, and just honoring them. And then what we do is we go around the room, or we go around the table, and I, I'd ask them, listen, um, I'd really love for everybody to kind of share their share about their experience, share their story if you have one, maybe a testimonial. Like, what is it that you've experienced in our in our office? I, I would just love to hear it, and also I'd love for everybody else to hear your own experience. And I. I guess back then I really wasn't considering HIPAA laws and things like that. But, but anyway, nonetheless, we went around and it, this was a, a, a worm-turning moment for me where, and I'll never forget this for as long as I live it because I was like in shock in a good way. The first patient says, oh, yeah, my, my little daughter, she's been on my girl. You know, she came in. She was on Ritalin. She's off of Ritalin. She, she went from a D student to an A student. And her life has radically changed. She sits still now. And then the second person was, yeah, you know, I had asthma and allergies and all that's gone. And 
Um, I had fibromyalgia. That's actually disappeared as well. And um, I had a heart problem. I was, I'm now off my heart medication. Next person I come around to, um, this lady was blind in her right eye for 20 years. And she goes, yeah, and, and I can actually see in my right eye now. And, and I'm like, you know, so by the time, like, we're getting halfway around the table, like, I'm getting ready to pass out. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I saw what happened with my father, but it was, like, almost overwhelming. It was, like, too much for me to handle once I, like, I was, like, almost in tears, overwhelmed with emotion with this, this anchoring that I was getting to how I was affecting people's lives through the power of a chiropractic adjustment, through, through spinal correction, because that's what I was doing. It was, it was CDP back then, you know, I guess in the earlier days. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just really powerful for me. And I guess kind of like in the be, do, have thing, it wasn't until I started doing that I really started, you know, that, that worm turn and I started being or becoming something else, seeing that I was, that, that my role was much bigger than I ever thought, even in light of what I'd seen with my father, that clearly, like, it was like God had took the curtain back and I saw my destiny laid before me. And I was like, you know, I was just blown away. And then once I started being or becoming and moving in that direction, I, I started having. I started having the practice. You know, the people started coming and all these amazing things started happening. And then what would happen is in the reverse, the volume as it started building started molding me into a different person. I knew that in order to really fulfill my vision and the passion to see, you know, just millions of people, you know, a ton of people in my practice, I knew that I had to have a higher commitment spiritually, mentally, physically. I had to do and become things that I wasn't before. And then as a result, again, all that stuff I started having, all the stuff that people want out of their practice, maybe financially and all the other mechanical things and material things. But it wasn't really until I started getting out there, started seeing and hearing and understanding what was missing in the community that I really started being driven. So I'd say that it's the acting, getting momentum, getting out there and doing things just getting out there and serving, it doesn't matter what level of passion or what level of commitment you're on, once you get out there, that, that law of momentum will kick in and it'll start molding you. You'll start becoming a better person. As you start seeing the desperation of humanity in your, in your community and throughout the world, the desperate need for chiropractic care, the desperate need for an adjustment, the desperate need for humanity to live without interference so they can achieve their not only healing potential, but human potential and overall, you know, God-given potential. I mean, it's so anyway, long story short, that's what has continued to drive me. The more I get out there, the more I give out, the more we get back. We yeah. know that, right? And that's what I would say really is the source of the root of it. And today, I know the more I do, the more my calendar is filled up, the more I'm fired up, the more passion I have. If that, that calendar slows down, if my events slow down, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just like any... Oh. Go ahead, Dan. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yep. Can you, can you guys hear me now? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, you know, so what we were just talking about is, is getting out into the community, doing, moving, getting momentum. And when you get out there, you get exposed to reality. And reality is it's a sick and suffering world. It's a sick and suffering community. And we have the answer. We have the truth of above, down, inside, out healing. And we can lead people to a higher quality of life, a better tomorrow, and uh, we have the tools. We're the healthcare leaders, and we have we have a responsibility, ethically and morally and otherwise, to get this truth out to the community. And, and everybody can do it like we can. 
Well, and I think you guys, Dean and Joe, will probably agree with this and myself. You know, it's like the more experience you get, the more miracles you see, the stronger your conviction gets. You know, and it goes from, uh, well, I don't think I ever had a weak conviction, but I think uh, Dean and Joe and Dan, you know, it's like you came into this life. We all know that. So it's like, hey, man, if the principle is truth, then uh, if we if we you get under our care, you will get better. Something's getting better. And then we're just going to figure out how to get you all the way better if we can. You know, and the more miracles you see, the bigger your conviction becomes. The more yeah. the truth. Yeah. You know, and I have to apologize, guys, for being late. Uh, I'm a Johnny come lately to this conversation, but I got something that fits right in with this. I had a I had a dental appointment today. And, of course, I was asymptomatic, but uh, I had a little filling that fell out. And although I don't practice here in Idaho, the dental hygienist that works with me and my family, uh, we got her going to Dr. Joe Betts uh, here in in, uh, Boise, Idaho. And she was telling me how great she's doing and and how she tried to explain to her physical therapist recently that her thyroid problems that she's had the last 20 years, she's been on the same dose of Synthroid and derivatives of for the last 20 years. And she said since she's been seeing Joe, her MD has had to cut that back. And she she knows it's from chiropractic care. And so she was telling me about it. And I said, absolutely, it could be from what Joe's doing. We can't predict those things. But when you start doing corrective care, you never know what's going to happen. And she was saying that her physical therapist just couldn't believe that and was trying to basically be derogatory towards how excited she was about this you know, new thing that was happening with her body, her body's healing. And I, I just said to her, I said, you know what? I am a researcher. But I'm going to let you know right now that there's no way that science and research can predict outcomes of how the body is going to react when it has an abnormality. The sum of the parts we know are not the same as the whole. We know that there's innate intelligence in there that we cannot explain. And so, you know, she's just so excited about the chiropractic principles there. And it's absolutely true what you guys are talking about. Yeah, and I love how, and I love the thing I love about elite about CBP is how it's all put together. Like we mentioned earlier, the science, the philosophy, the art, it's all connected while, you know, it's, they're not mutually exclusive when you're doing, you know, biomechanical neurological correction. It's not exclusive to the fact that you can talk about innate intelligence. It's all part of the same scenario. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not just this mechanistic thing of bending spines. It's that you're actually teaching them about innate intelligence, about this, organizing force, this organizing intelligent force of the entire body, this innate wisdom inside of the body. It's beautiful when you can connect everything together. You have this, this, this solid science, you have this incredible philosophy and principle, and then you have this amazing way of applying it and implementing it clinically. And I, I have a saying, and in fact, I, I talk about this when I do what I call my advanced spinal corrective class, where I teach, you know, we teach about spinal correction, we teach about the dental, we teach about all the different things we use in our office, but also we add in, we teach some of the 33 principles, we teach about innate intelligence, we teach about um, our philosophy, and I teach, about the, I teach the safety pin cycle, and I teach a lot of stuff out of the green books, and, 
you know, I always have a saying that, and I even talk about this in front of the patients. I say, of course, we want to correct your subluxations, and that's a that's at the core of what we're doing. But more than just wanting your spine or wanting your spine corrected and functioning well and getting great nerve function and enhancing healing potential, more than just wanting your spine, we want your mind. Because if you never really understand the concept of the principles behind what it is that we do, um, of innate flowing from above, down, inside, out, how the nerve system and function is everything, and how removing interference is going to allow you to express your health potential, if you're never really getting the concepts that we're going to teach you, that it's just information that you're getting overloaded with, which you can get anywhere, then it's just information. But if you really get the understanding, the understanding is what gives you revelation. And the revelation is what creates transformation regarding not only your spine, your physical health, but it's the way you look at health, the way you think. It's your decisions that you make in life now based on this principled way of looking at the world. It's a way, it's a system. I tell them and I teach them more than anything. It's a system of thinking, living, healing, and decision-making. And you're looking at the world through this now principled lens, and certainly I could expand on that, but I just wanted to throw that out. And we, we have like a whole class that we've put together where we walk them through spinal correction within the context of the principle and within the context of innate intelligence, which is really powerful for them to get. Nice. Well, so next step for you, Dan, I mean, you've been in practice for quite a few years. you got a friggin' phenomenal practice, definitely one of the biggest in the world, spinal corrective base, which my hat goes off to you. And, uh, you know, now your purpose is expanding. It has been over the years to, to help other doctors. You know, you have your uh, Y360 thing going on where you're coaching doctors. But you want to go much bigger now and uh, open up clinics. So why don't you talk about your elevation group, what your purpose is, and uh, what that vision is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, you know, we have, you know, obviously we want to get what we have to the world, you know, and, and it's, it's a gift that we have. And Dean, I, I salute you. I take my hat off to you for all the labor and all the focus and Dr. Joe and everything that you've brought to the world, to the profession, the standard and we're just excited about getting that out to the planet. And what we're doing right now is, you know, through the elevation offices, we want to build uh, corrective-based offices, spinal correction, um, integrating CBP, integrating elite coaching, and making sure that we're giving docs, you know, graduating docs, docs that are out in the field, giving, getting them exposure to the best of the best in regards to the science, the philosophy, and the art. And, uh, you know, exposing them, you know, joining forces with you guys, exposing them to the best that's out there will enable them to deliver chiropractic on the highest level. And that's our vision and training these guys up. And uh, we're excited. We're going to be building these offices starting in Dallas, Elevation Health offices and moving out from there. We also have a, a great boot camp that's coming up in, uh, in May, May 5th and May 6th in Orlando, where Fred, of course, Elite Coaching, you, yourself, Elite Coaching will be represented. And, uh, uh, of course, referring people to make sure they get great spinal correction training and mastery going over to, you know, CVP seminars and making sure people are getting the right leadership and direction. And uh, that's going to be a great uh, boot camp. It's going to be Orlando and Lake Mary. And they're going to get exposure to all six clinics. Uh, the Elevation Group consists of myself, my brother, Dr. Dave Yacker, Dr. Chris Zeno, who right now currently has the largest volume practice in the country, actually in the profession. Dr. Jimmy Lebrecht, who uh, is absolutely phenomenal at correction. 
uh, master in many levels in practice, Dr. Randy Johns and Dr. Rob Vasquez. And we, we are uh, going to be unveiling, you know, the systems and uh, the way we've sequenced our, our process um, to build the largest clinics in the world. We're going to be laying it out at that boot camp. Uh, Fred, you're going to be bringing your amazing knowledge and skills to, uh, to that boot camp. And uh, we're going to have other guests as well. Of course, uh, we have the... Uh, one and only Billy DeMoss coming. We have uh, a compliance specialist coming. We have Garrett Gunderson, Jeff Spencer, who is an Olympic uh, chiropractor and also took care of, has been taking care of uh, Lance Armstrong for many, many years. Uh, Garrett Gunderson is a financial specialist, has helped tons and tons of chiropractors hold on to their wealth instead of you know, retiring broke. So we have a great lineup, phenomenal uh, platform to not only let people know about the elevation offices in our concept, uh, where you have a, we have some other special things we're doing there, but also um, we're using it as a platform to join forces with elite coaching, uh, with CVP, to really, again, we want to expose what we're doing with our elevation offices. We want doctors to have access to the best and the best. When it comes to uh, chiropractic, spinal correction, CVP is the best. Uh, when it comes to communication, leadership, leading patients, elite, nothing and nobody out there can touch elite. And so we want to associate ourselves with the best. We want to, we want to deliver, um, really put together our dream. Our, our vision is to put together the dream, the dream team of chiropractic. And that, of course, uh, consists of you guys and whoever else we can find in their given niche that can give chiropractors the best possible resources to deliver and represent chiropractic, principled chiropractic, the way it should be, and leave the world a better place, leave chiropractic a better place uh, when they retire someday. Wow. Well, now, what date is it uh, in May? May 5th and May 6th. May 5th and May 6th. Okay. In Orlando, or Lake Mary, actually, outside of Orlando. So we're about 15 minutes north of Orlando. Yeah. Awesome. So why don't you give me your information, Dan, so listeners can get the information on how to contact you or at least register for the seminar. Yeah, that would be great. Um, you can go to y360network.com. That's the letter Y, numbers 360network.com. Go to y360network.com. You can register. We have a free, uh, a free uh, video blog there that we do. You can get tips, practice <laughs> from the, you know, the biggest practices right now currently in existence. Get some great resources, and of course, you can register for the uh, the boot camp. There, there's limited seating. You definitely want to register. We have a we're kind of keeping it tight under a hundred, um, but uh, the seats are going very fast. So you want to register as soon as you hear this, if you if you want to come, and uh, you won't be disappointed. There's going to be some phenomenal content, great leadership, and uh, you're going to leave with uh, resources that'll help you go to the next level for sure. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you, after coming back and working with you guys, obviously, Dan, I've known you for a while, and Dave and Jimmy, and I just met Randy Johns, and uh, I've known of Chris Zano, but just met him and worked with him, and we had that boot camp a couple weeks ago in Dallas. But I have to say, you know, a lot of people know about you guys, but to actually work with you and, you know, be in the same room and to see the level of conviction, you know, in the boot camp we go over communication stuff, and, uh, you know, to be able to watch your body language, man, and your intensity and your conviction and just your eye contact, it's like a freaking eagle is looking at you. You know, you can tell in your heart that your purpose is so strong that to be in a room, you know, with these powerful practitioners, you know why 
you do the things that you do. So to be uh, to be able to learn from you guys on uh, you know how to build such phenomenal practices is truly a privilege. So that's my testimonial of, of working with you guys. That uh, you want to see some powerful people, and obviously Deed and Joe. I mean, you know, you guys are tip of the spears. It's you know flattering to me to be able to be associated with all of you. So any of these seminars, man, you want to learn how to be your best. The people on this podcast are the top people in the profession, no question. Yeah, I mean, I just want to take my hat off to, to all of you guys first. You know, being in the training two weeks ago in Dallas with you, um, it was a mind-blowing experience for all six guys that were in that room. And these are the largest practices and what we took away communication-wise and procedure-wise. I mean, it's just our heads were spinning. And yeah. so, I mean, you're, ma- you're masterful at what you teach. Your niche is... Powerful. Nobody, nobody is teaching out there like you are. No one's leading. No one's got the resources and the skills. And and we came out of there, and we're ten times the doctors. And we're really looking forward to your leadership. I mean, the, the six of us in elevation, huge practices, successful. We're excited. We're stoked about this year and the, and the years to come because we're looking to you, Fred, for leadership. You're going to be training us and bringing us up, elevating our communication uh, skills and ability. Uh, we're really excited about working with Dr. D, Dr. Joe. Um, we're going to be fully integrating. All the eleva- elevation offices are going to be uh, CBP protocol integrated. And, uh, you know, I can say from the start, when I got out of school, um, I remember even Joe, Dr. Joe, you come to Ben's office once and yeah. it's a chance to meet you. And I remember you training us, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, exposing us to CBP. And I remember, you know, what CBP allowed me to do, it gave me a vehicle to take my passion, my philosophy, and my vision, and my heart, and plug it into a structure, bona fide science, and really have a tremendous way to deliver and communicate uh, what it was that I was doing. And so I can tell you for sure, I would not have had the certainty and, you know, everything that goes along with that um, had I not had, you know, the amazing technique and the amazing work that you guys have dedicated your lives to. So, um, thank you for what you've given us because, uh, you know, we're just building, uh, the six of us and somebody out in the field are just building on the shoulders of giants. Uh, you know, Dr. D, your dad, I mean, you know, the, the gratitude is enormous. Well, I appreciate that, Dan. I mean, that means a lot. And, you know, you, you've basically summed up everything. I think we've all internally believed that, that we were doing and what we stood for and, and why we were pursuing the type of work that we do. So uh, I appreciate your comments. Yeah, no, and I, I tell you what, even though that I'm down here in Florida, unfortunately I'm going to be at, at in Dallas that weekend. Uh, otherwise I'd be over there right away. Because uh, we got our, we got a seminar there at the same weekend, so we're we're kind of pulled in two different ways. I'm seeing how we we, we should uh, shift uh, one a day, and then I can attend both. That's what we need to do. <laughs> so yeah, well we'll, well we'll try to work it out. If yeah. you don't make it to this one, we'll definitely have more. And uh, you Absolutely. know, very exciting about uh, about joining forces, man. I really feel you know. I think we all have in our hearts where every day, you know, as we you know when we wake up and you're facing whatever facet of chiropractic that we're, we're involved with at a time, whether it's politics or whether it's, you know, we're at a tech, uh, you know, a technique seminar. I mean, whatever it is that we're doing in, you know, within our, our daily walk, I think the thing that's greatest on our hearts ultimately is that we want to see this profession rise to the level of respect and honor that it deserves. And ultimately when it's all said and done, chiropractic is in a much better place 
than when we, you know, at the end when we then when we found it. Yeah. And I think that's really what, what drives us ultimately at the end of the day is that we wanted to see chiropractic, the principle, everything that BJ develops, um, everything we stand for, the science, philosophy, and art take its rightful place in in uh, society, in history, and, and otherwise. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, what you guys are doing is going to be at the forefront of our profession. So, uh, and it's just amazing that a group of guys got together with this greater purpose. I mean, and it's awesome. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I have to mention, you know, with uh, Dr. Zeno, I just put two and two together that he and I were gym guys together at, you know, that rival school that, uh, you know, opposed to UF. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was just funny that, you know, I knew his name and I just never put two and two together until, you know, at, at, uh, at uh, Billy DeMoss's seminar at Cal Jam. And uh, we had a good talk about that, but it, it, it truly is remarkable. I mean, he's the same person. And I, I remember the struggles that he was going through at the time. And, I mean, to, to hear his story alone and everybody, each of you have such a purpose and such a, a history on how things in chiropractic has changed your lives. And I think if people just hear your stories, they're going to know, too, that if they were on the fence about what subluxation correction can do, they just need to get out and, and hear you guys and, and just uh, taking bits and pieces of what you have and what Fred has and what we can bring with CBP, I think we can totally transform uh, those people that maybe just don't have a good direction in chiropractic because maybe in their hearts they know chiropractic's more than just low, low back pain and neck pain. Um, they need to come out and learn the truth. And I think that'd be a great venue. And what better place to be than to come out into the Orlando area? It's easy to get to from anywhere in the country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and it's, and it's so the, the practitioners out there should know, you know, it's when you really start developing these skills and you start training with the best of the best and you start getting around um, in, the right, in the right environment, the right atmosphere. And it's, you know, as Chris Zeno says, get into the, you know, like when he used to train, he was Mr. America. You mentioned Chris. Mm-hmm. Yes. Saying that um, like guy lost or didn't do well. He yes. said, that I just trained, he was in the wrong room. Yep. And, and like, so the wrong room, I mean, he just, he just trained with the wrong people that just misled him. Yep. And, and it's the same thing. Like when you get into the right room or a strong room yep. with, with top level people, what happens is you, you not only acquire skill and you apply it and you integrate it and you, you know, you, you train and you get better. But the thing is, is that it gets fun when you have skills and you're learning and you're learning better communication techniques and you're learning how to correct spines better and you're learning how to remove subluxation. You can demonstrate it on before and after x-rays. I mean, man, practice gets really, really fun when you get killed. Yep. And, um, that's where the juice is, man. When you see the philosophy and the principle and you see, you see it all come alive, the power of chiropractic. And uh, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, describe it any better way than that. Then why not have fun in practice? You know, and when you're changing lives, when you're integrating all this stuff, you start changing and saving lives. You start moving your community. You start making an impact, and uh, life becomes very fulfilling. And you know, where where does it start? Getting around, you know, groups of people like Dr. Deed and Dr. Joe, Dr. Fred, uh, the Elevation Group. You know, the the boot camp that we're putting on in Orlando. That's it's just that, that's where you start. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I definitely think, you know, with that team and you guys being, you know, the biggest practitioners, especially corrective care based, which I want to mention that again, that, you know, if you're able to build practices that big, I also think that this franchise could definitely be the largest and most influential franchise 
in chiropractic? I mean, your plan is to start with 40 offices. Yes, what we're doing, yeah, what we're doing is, uh, you know, we're actually, one of the models that we have in, and we're going to, won't necessarily expand too much on it now, but we're going to be unveiling this, is we're going to be able, we, we actually want it to be a, just a kind of a, a win-win type of thing, and we're, we're actually um, going to allow um, up to f- the first 40 doctors to actually uh, gain um, ownership in this company, because we don't just want it to be about just the six of us. And we're going to be unveiling it to the to to you know we're going to figure out you know who would qualify for that and that's our vision. It's not to you know get rich or develop something like just a business for the sake of developing a business. We don't want to develop something an empire that literally is going to do something that you know no other franchise. No, there's a lot of stuff going on out there where there's there are offices being built. We want to create something that really is going to honor chiropractic. The way it's supposed to, and the way it deserves to be honored, and we want you know the profession to be part of it. We want the profession to share in it, and we want it to make this you know exclusive type of thing. Um, we really want to develop this thing into something special and something that you know the chiropractic profession can be proud of. And I, I think there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot, there are a lot of things going on now, but like you said, Fred, I I truly believe what you said. I I believe that with the hearts that we have, with the vision that we have, with, uh, you know, with what we want to see happen, I really truly believe that not only can we build something gigantic, but we can use it as a vehicle to leave chiropractic in much better shape than we found it. So, uh, you know, definitely anybody listening, stay tuned, um, you know, you know, keep your ear, um, you know, listening for more information about the Elevation Health Group, what we're doing. It's going to be exciting. It's going to grow fast. And again, it's going to, uh, you know, it's going to bring our communities really, you know, what they need on a big level. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, to switch gears a little bit, Dr. Deed always tries to bring some relevant science. Deed, do you uh, have anything new to share with us? Well, you know, again, I know the listeners know this now that I came in late, so I'm just listening to everything uh, uh, Dr. Dan's saying and, and Dr. Yeah. Fred saying, so I'm trying to be a little bit of a sponge, but if it's uh, if it's research time, I guess that's my time to shine. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I guess, since we got to put you to work a little bit here since you were late to uh, coming on. Well, you know, before I get into the research of the week, are, are uh, you know, are we done with the conversation with Dr. Dan and Dr. Fred and... Well, I, I just think I'm I'm pumped up, and uh, you know I was going to work my just my software company tomorrow, but after listening to Dan, I, I want to go back and see patients the first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, of course, you know I met uh, Dan in the past, and we had a conversation at Parker. And just before I get into the the uh, research article, I'm I'm really excited personally and professionally about this uh, newfound relationship. You know, it's always been CBP's dream, and that's, you know, my dream, as well as my late father's and, and the people associated with CBP technique, to see this uh, technique become accepted as the number one corrective care technique in chiropractic. And, and I think that what you're talking about, this is one of the ways we're going to see that come to fruition. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, so am I. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, and certainly, uh, as you know, Deed and Joe and Dan, you know, the whole reason, you know, that's all of our purpose. I mean, that's the whole reason there's an elite, too, man, is the whole reason we're working together. And it, and it just shows that the universe and God has great intention to bring this forward because this was a vision of your dad's for years. 
Obviously, he created massive groundwork. Dude, you've taken that sword, and you're cutting a phenomenal path. And, Joe, you've devoted your life to it. Now, uh, you know, with Elite, it's always been Elite's vision to totally redefine chiropractic and make it about corrective care to bring the original principles that even BJ started, you know? I mean, it started with corrective care. So, you know, I mean, the whole innate intelligence story is phenomenal. And hey, some people, hey, hit him on one side, hit him on the other, and let innate put it in the middle somewhere. Well, you know, we know better than that. And although we love the philosophy and we're philosophy-based, the application has to match the philosophy. And so we're just so appreciative of you, Dan, and the Elevation Group because it's going to be so successful with such phenomenal leaders and bringing us all together that I think we really can make corrective care become a bigger portion of this profession. And that's why we have Chiropractic United, man, bringing more stuff. That's why Deed brings the research every week so we can arm people with the latest research that proves the principle that started over a hundred years ago. You know, this is the modern day chiropractic, man. This is the tip of the spear right here. This is where the profession's going and the general public <laughs> demands it. Yep. So it's like the rest of the profession, you better catch up, man, because this spear's flying and we're at the tip. Well, that's it. And more and more the research is, is validating and verifying the things that we've always held to be true. And it's also updating the things that we've we've held to be true and, and we're we're updating as well. And that's the thing. Research is is hopefully hopefully like uh, clinicians, it's mutable and, and pliable and it needs to evolve as as time goes on and as new data, you know, comes true. And as as I say that, I'm going to talk about an article from 1974. Nice. But, yeah. <laughs> it, shows, it shows that maybe things don't involve. Maybe it's just the damn way it is, you know? So what I want to talk about is the cervical curve again, and it's simply because of the, the case that I brought up uh, a bit ago about the dental hygienist. She had, she had a cervical kyphosis, and likely that is coupled with her thyroid problem. And we, we see that that might be true because when she's doing the Denerol and she's doing traction in Dr. Joe's office, she's actually getting a response out of the thyroid to where the thyroid is starting to function on its own again. So th this uh, cervical kyphosis issue is a very important deal. Uh, 1974, it comes out of the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery by Mason Hall. And this is the American version of the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. In 1974, Hall did a five-year or more follow-up on subjects that were injured in a motor vehicle accident, and these were rear-end collisions. And they were examined uh, within a short period immediately after the, the rear-end collision, and then they were followed for a minimum of five years. And the idea was to see if they could identify factors and variables that were contributing to, number one, the initial onset of pain, and number two, the prolonged duration of pain at five years or more follow-up. And one of the interesting things that they identified in this paper was that loss of the cervical lordosis, specifically defined as a sharp reversal of any segment of the curve, was associated with, quote, a poor outcome at long-term follow-up. And poor outcome meant 
either numbness and, and pain in the extremity or neck pain, restricted range of motion, and degenerative joint disease. Specifically, the hole found in this population of 146 subjects, initially they did not have pre-existing degenerative joint disease, but at five-year minimum follow-up, they identified a significant difference in the rate and the severity of degeneration in the subjects who had a sharp reversal of the cervical uh, lordosis. And when, when you first read that, you think of a sharp reversal, you think of a dramatic segmental kyphosis, at least that's what I think. But then when you go to the paper and you look at the figures, because in this in 1974, they didn't actually make measurements of the segmental angles routinely. But when you look at the figures, a sharp reversal is really just a mild kyphosis of, of like one to five degrees. And you're, you're seeing at these segments initially with no degeneration at long-term follow-up, boom, you see degenerative joint disease in the disc and the vertebral body. And this is likely related to the experience of numbness and tingling and pain. We know that through the biomechanics of the central nervous system that a cervical kyphosis at the segmental level will put stress and strain on the spinal cord and nerve roots adjacent to that segment. And so this 1974 paper is is uh, actually a very nice paper. It's number one, it's a it's a long-term follow-up study, and number two, it, it has relatively good examination records, including uh, before and after X-rays. So 1974 Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. It's volume 56, num uh, dash A, number eight, and it was the December issue. And Hall is H O H L. Yeah, good paper. And you know what's nice about this is that, Deed, I knew that study. You always make fun of uh, Fred and I for not knowing the literature. That one's old enough for us to know. Yeah, you know, I figured I'd throw a little bit of that out there. And really the reason I threw it out there, I'll give a shout-out to my friend and colleague, Dr. Ed Cremata. He runs a California chiropractic chat room list where they throw around research, and they have some pretty good discussions. And I, I get the emails, and I sift through them, and uh, – one of them was talking about this article, but they got the reference wrong. They referenced Hole's uh, textbook from 1986, so I sent it over to Ed to correct him uh, like Dan Murphy might do. I, I kind of chimed in, and I said, you got the, the uh, author right, but the actual journal issue and the year was wrong, so here it is. Yeah, nice. Awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Cool. Well, any final comments, gentlemen? I just, I just want to thank you guys for having me on, uh, you know, privilege and an honor, and um, I just really look forward to, uh, you know, working with you guys, joining forces, and uh, lifting the profession a new level, and, you know, getting, you know, doing our part to get the phenomenal work of CBP out there, on a, uh, you know, doing our, our part over here on a, on a much higher level, getting more doctors exposed to it, and like uh, Deed said, you know, establishing it as the number one corrective technique in, in the profession. Uh, I'm very passionate about Fred getting your leadership skills and talents out into the profession. I think uh, every chiropractor needs to be exposed to it. And uh, I think, again, with the, the six talents we have on our team and all the other resources we have at our exposure in our, or our, our, you know, basically our, you know, basically in our hands, uh, you know, we can do great things and we can really make a, make a great impact and bring great leadership to the profession. So uh, anyway, thank you so much for, for having me on. And uh, I always love uh, connecting with you guys. Thank you, Dan. Go well, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. And uh, again, I apologize for my belatedness. And uh, 
I'm glad I joined in at the last, and hopefully in the future we can make sure we don't plan joint conferences so I can come out and yeah. uh, actually sit in and uh, be a student of what you guys are doing. That sounds great. I'm a little, I'm a little worried, man. Your, your boy is taking uh, martial arts at four years of age, man. You better be nice to him. Yeah. He's going uh, to be dangerous in a few years here. Yeah, well, it's actually the eight-year-old that's doing the jujitsu. The the four-year-old really wants to, but they won't do jujitsu with the four-year-old until he's like six or seven. So he's in karate. So, so uh, nice. yeah, I'm starting to get concerned because he can almost do a little bit of an arm bar on me. <laughs> awesome stuff, guys. All yeah. right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up in, until next time. Um, good luck to everybody, and uh, Dan will keep in touch for it. This is a great vision you have. Take care, guys. Take care. Take care.